Bible here at Broadway Baptist. We're glad you're with us. We want to invite you to stand as we begin our time in worship together this evening. Bow before him. I got a 
and that we have security in knowing that we have an eternal salvation, a hope in God our Father, that we can spend an eternity with Him. This evening, we're going to get to celebrate that with some brand new believers. That's an exciting fact, amen? As we continue to worship together tonight, let's celebrate that together as we sing that chorus one more time. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Love for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. seated for a moment. We are glad that you're here with us this evening at Broadway Baptist. This is our last night of revival. Uh, we've seen God do some incredible things this week. Amen? Uh, in just a moment, we're going to be able to witness uh, some baptisms. Uh, some of those have happened this week and, and other times, but uh, it, it's always a privilege that we get to rejoice uh, with new believers as they profess their faith publicly uh, to us, the church. Isn't that right? Let's pray together as we continue, and then we'll uh, move into the baptismal pool. Father, we thank you for what you have done. Lord, your spirit has been on this place this week. God, you have moved in a mighty way. And Lord, we know that you've moved in a way that only you can. And so, God, we can give only you the glory and only you the praise. Lord, we thank you for what we have seen. And Lord, we know that you're going to be faithful to do it again tonight. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you have blessed us with. We thank you for the way that you're blessing our church, blessing our community and blessing us as individuals. God, we love you. And it's in Jesus' precious and powerful name that we pray. Amen. Won't you turn your attention to the baptismal waters? So, I can, I can barely see y'all, so. Welcome to our last night of revival. It's Wednesday night, so we have four folks who are going to be getting baptized. Always exciting to come and, and experience new life in Christ, seeing folks come through and know the Lord. Is my microphone on? Okay. <laughs> so, just make sure. So, all right, Miss Aaliyah, come on down. <clears throat> Aiden, let's stand up there. This here is Miss Aaliyah White. Aaliyah is a seventh grader at Jesse Clark Middle School. 
And she came on Sunday morning and trusted Christ as her Savior. And um, her parents are Greg and Wilma. Well, I don't know where Will. So Wilma's out there. So <laughs> Greg's our bass player right here. So Greg, raise your hand. So I want to I point both of them. Where's Wilma? Because they, right there on the second pew, they transferred their membership to our church on Sunday as well. So it became members here at Broadway. And their daughter here is coming and receiving believers' baptism. So we are so excited, Aaliyah. You know, Aaliyah is, a, is actually a, that word is a Hebrew word, which means to ascend. And when uh, Hebrew folks in Bible times would walk up into uh, the temple and Jesus would say this, they would say, Aaliyah, Aaliyah. And that means you're ascending, not just not a physical ascent, but ascending to heaven. So that's a, a powerful name in the Bible is Aaliyah. So Aaliyah, we are so excited for you, trusting Christ as your Savior, and then coming tonight during revival for believers' baptism. Aaliyah is Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life. Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life. Yes. Amen. Thank you. I'm proud of you. <clears throat> Aaliyah, based upon your profession and faith in Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ, raised to walk a new life. You did a great job. You did wonderful. Right here. Let me help you down. Anna Claire, come on. This here is Miss Anna Claire Mott. She is a fifth grader at Garden Springs Elementary School. And her, her dad, Robert, he's going to be getting baptized after her. And certainly excited for a father and a son to receive believer's baptism. I mean, daughter and a son, father, son. You can tell I'm used to saying father, son, I mean, me. So, and Robert, Robert's wife, Tracy, right here, they're all back here. Robert and Tracy came on Sunday morning, and Robert joined our church through baptism and never received believer's baptism, prayed with Brother Hurd and uh, became a believer. And then Tracy came transferring her membership from another church to join our church. So we are excited for the Mott family for coming and being a part of our church family. And not only that, coming during revival and responding to the Lord. So, Anna Claire, we are excited what Jesus is doing in your life and trusting as him as your Savior. And declares, Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life. Yes. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> and declare, based upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ, raised to walk a new life. This here is Robert Mott. This is Anna Claire's dad. And uh, Robert uh, came forward on the, during the Sunday morning service of revival, spoke with Brother Hurd back in the counseling room, and has made a decision to follow Christ and wants to receive believer's baptism. Uh, Robert's a firefighter. Is it Station 14? Is that right? Station 3. Was it 14? Yeah. It was 14. Now it's Station 3. He's with our Lexington Fire Department here with that. And you were also, was it the Marines? The 
the army. He served 20 years, right? 20 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> Marines, Army, Air Force, Navy, it's just, it, we honor them all. And that was last night, Armed Forces Night, so it was a revival. So, Robert, we are excited for you coming along with your daughter and coming and receiving Believer's Baptism. Robert is Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life. He is. Amen. Ro Robert, based upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This here is Tommy Cook. Tommy called me yesterday afternoon. I actually stopped by the church yesterday afternoon. Spoke with him, and um, he got saved several years ago, but has never followed the Lord in baptism. This is Miss Ira Baston's younger brother. Ira, raise your hand right there. So uh, Miss Ira is right here, up front and center. They have, um, uh, they are Ira's number one of twelve. And Tommy's number 12 of 12. I was telling him in the back, he's the 12 tribes of Israel. So a big family So with that. So, um, you know, Miss Ira has been praying for a brother. She knew he had never received believer's baptism. And, you know, she talked to him. And she's been here every night. And he got in touch with me and says, you know, I need, I need, to, I need to get involved in church and receive believer's baptism. So it was exciting to see Tommy come and follow the Lord and come and receive believer's baptism in obedience to that. Tommy, is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Yes, he is. Amen. Tommy, based upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ, raised to walk a new life. What a great revival. How exciting to participate and see Believer's Baptism. You know, we're going to have our invitation. And I was already talking to somebody down at the um, fellowship hall, and they told me they need to get baptized. If you've never been in these baptism waters, if you've never followed in obedience, we schedule baptism in another few weeks. So certainly exciting to do that. I'm going to close this in prayer, and then I think our band's coming back. God, I thank you so much for Tommy, for Robert, for Aaliyah, and for Anna Claire, all following in believers' baptism. Lord, just grow their faith and make them be followers and disciples of you. Lord, we thank you for this revival. We thank you for Brother Keith Cook for being here and boldly proclaiming the gospel. We just pray that as we continue in this revival service that you get all the credit and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Isn't that incredible? Uh, each night this week, we've had an opportunity to, uh, to give towards... Uh, Brother Keith Cook's ministry expenses. Uh, he came here generously uh, on the promise of a love offering. And so that's what we've been doing at the last few nights as we've taken up an offering. And tonight we're going to give you another chance uh, if you would like to give to support him and his ministry. And 
his time away with his, uh, from his family, uh, we'd encourage you to do that. So I'm going to go ahead and call our ushers down as we continue to worship together this evening. You can stay seated. count on one thing the same God that never fails will not fail me now you won't fail me now in the waiting the same God who's never late is working all things out you're working all things out oh yes I will this you hide in the lowest valley yes i will bless your name oh yes i will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days oh yes i will Join us on the chorus. Oh, yes, I will. The lowest valley. Yes, I will. Bless your name. Oh, yes, I will. Sing for joy when my heart is heavy. All my days. Oh, yes, I will. Oh, my Yes, I will. I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand against. I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand against. I choose to praise. Glorify, glorify the name of all names. And nothing can stand against. I choose to praise. To glorify, glorify the name of all names. And nothing can stand against. Oh, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley.
I cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. body bound and drenched in tears they laid him down in Joseph's tomb the entrance seen by heavy stone Messiah still and all alone let's sing together Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God. At break of dawn, the Son of Heaven rose again. Oh, trampled death, where is your sting? The angels roar for Christ the King. Oh, sing it out. Oh, Blazing sun shall pierce the night, and I will rise among the saints, my gaze transfixed on Jesus' face.
Amen. You can be seated as we pray. Father, we thank you for what you're already doing this evening. God, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus, uh, who makes all of this possible. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to continue to do. God, and we pray, uh, Lord, that you uh, get all the glory, all the praise, that yours is the only name exalted. Lord, we thank you for the promise of an eternity uh, where we uh, do nothing but praise your name forever and ever. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Around here, you never know what's next, do you? I was over there going, is it me? Is it him? Is it me? Is it her? <laughs> oh, my. Oh, thank you so much, sir. How are you doing tonight? I, you know, the Lord loves bragging on his church, and I am joining him in bragging on this church this week. I just want to say... I have done a lot of revivals in a lot of different generations, <laughs> and this has been so sweet, and to see people coming every night, and more people coming, and different expressions of joy, and, and it just, it's just been so great to be a part of your life this week, and we're all now connected. We have been grafted into the same vine, amen? And many of you know what I'm talking about. And tonight is a very somber night in that, um, let's all stand for just a second. We need to do something here. This is the anniversary of 9-11. And uh, I know all day long you have been hearing things and people have been saying things about that. But I think it's, it's just proper for us tonight to take just a moment at the beginning of my time and just have a moment of silence for those that lost their life on 9-11. So can we do that right now? Let's pray. Moment of silence. Thank you so much for honoring those that have given their lives, the firefighters, the policemen, and those that were just going to work that day, just trying to take care of their family. May God bless their families and bless those men and those women, their families that lost their life. Now, if you could please be seated. We have a special thing we want to do tonight. Every day we've been honoring different people that do good in our neighborhoods, in our communities. And tonight we'd like to ask, Anyone in the church tonight who has worked on staff at any Christian organization or church, we'd like to ask you right now to come and join me here at the front. Would you do that? If you've worked in church as a secretary or at, a, at the convention in different positions or as a pastor, 
any of the music ministries, the youth ministries, if you've been bivocational. Amen. These are some more of God's heroes. Amen. And what I would like for you to do right now, if you would, would you stretch your hands out towards these and let's thank God together. Let's thank God together. And the way I would like to do this tonight, this is going to be a little different, but what I would like you to do, listen to the instructions. While we're praying, your arms are stretched out. If there is someone in your past, okay, who you would like, who is in the ministry, I would like for you just to say it out loud. And we're, we're not going to shout. We're not going to go crazy. <laughs> but I would just like for you just shout it out or speak it out. Just say, Lord, thank you for pastor and then say their name. Or thank you for my music director and say her name or his name. And just anyone that has blessed you in the ministry, a son, maybe even a Sunday school teacher or a deacon, just anyone who has served the Lord and God used them mightily in your life, okay? Could we do that? And then at the end, I will pray for all the people here that have served so faithfully to the Lord. Can we do that? Let's just take a moment and just, you have about a minute to just begin to just thank God for someone special in your life who's in the ministry. Begin. Thank you, Lord, for Pastor John Adams. Oh, Lord, I thank you for his life and how you used him to share the gospel with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Yes, oh God. God, tonight we just thank you so much. We are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So many have gone on and they, they are, they're even testifying tonight their lives. They're shouting, 
through the ages that you can live by faith, trust God, and make it. And everything is good that God says is good. And God, for these men and women that are standing here tonight representing those down through the ages who have stood by faith and, and blessed your name and honored your calling on their life, God, we thank you for them. We thank you for their tireless service to you. Lord, we thank you for those, those folks that only got paid for, for eight hours a day, but they worked almost 24 hours a day. We thank you for those that did not get paid and who lived way below the means of someone else doing what they were doing, but they did it because they loved you. God, I, I thank you for the tireless sacrifices that they have made, the hours that they have put into studying and preparing and trying to be unique and creative to help share the gospel with children and with adults and singles and the elderly. Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice that they have made on your behalf. And God, I pray that you would bless them, bless them, Lord, with that double portion. And God, I pray that you would give them joy, that you would not let them grow weary doing good, but, Lord, that they will see the reward of their labor here and with you when they pass one day. And, God, we pray that's a long ways, a long time from now. But, God, continue to fill them with your Holy Spirit. Give them boldness to finish well in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Thank you. God bless you. Wow. What a wonderful night to be in God's house. Well, tonight I want you to turn in the Bible to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. I love this. Uh, this is my favorite chapter in the Bible. If, if, you looked at my, if you looked at my Bible, if you could see that, if you had cameras that would zoom in on that, you could see that I have just taken notes all over the place because I just love this chapter. It's so rich, John chapter 14. And, and I want you to look in verse 1, okay? Can you join me there? John 14, verse 1. The Bible says, Do not let your heart be troubled, or let not your heart be troubled. That's how I memorized it when I was a boy. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions or many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will. Say, I will. I will. One more time. I will come again and receive you to myself, <laughs> that where I am, there you may be also. And Jesus said to them, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one. Say that. No one. No one comes to the Father but through me. Tonight, God's got a word for you. It's the last night of the revival for this year. But revival is not something that, that we really hold once a year. It's something that we can let go every day. Amen? You don't hold a revival. You let go of revival. Amen? When you come to revival, it's really a, what I call a Holy Ghost let go time. You're letting go of everything in your life that God doesn't want there. God wants us to have a revival. He wants us to experience revival. But sometimes we cannot experience the revival that God has for us because our heart is so troubled. Is there anything that's troubling you tonight? 
Is there anything that you're thinking about tonight that's, that's really taken precedence over your spiritual life? Something that's just nagging at you, pulling you down? God says, I don't want you to be troubled. You see, a lot of times we, we get troubled because we don't have a lot of money or we don't have enough money to do what we want to do. Have you ever been there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the most depressing time in the world, it, it's, it's the first week of January. You know why? Because all the bills come due from all the stuff that we did during December to prove to people that we loved them <clears throat> and to get our kids off our back and to get us through some, a depressing time sometimes. You know, God wants us to be completely dependent on Him. And He says, let not your heart be troubled. And the only way that we can really do that, folks, is not to believe <laughs> in the IRS and not to believe in our bank account and not to believe in world situations, but to really believe in God. Because once you believe in God, you know that their son is going to come up tomorrow no matter what happens today. And if you happen to not be on the planet Earth, when tomorrow comes, to be absent from this place is to be present with who? The Lord. Oh, my dear friends. God wants us not to be troubled. He wants us to believe in Him. Trust Him. Trust Him. I went to see a guy one time. And I knocked on his door. <laughs> and he said, you don't need to be here today. I said, why? He says, I've got murder on my brain. I said, what do you mean you got murder on your brain? He goes, I got murder on the brain. I want to kill somebody. I just want to kill somebody right now. I said, anybody particular? And I stepped back. He goes, no, I just want to kill somebody. I, I, I just, I wake up every morning and, and I just want to kill somebody. I go to bed at night and I'm thinking about how can I kill somebody? And, and I'm thinking, my stars, this guy is about to go ballistic. And I said, well, tell me, what, what's going on? He goes, I don't know. I'm so mad. I'm so angry. I don't know what to do. I'm just, I, I'm just out of control. I, I don't want to be this way. I said, well, that's why God sent me. Because God doesn't want you to have murder on your brain. Would you like it to be gone? And he said, I'd like Oh, I'd like for it to be gone. And I said, well, tell me a little bit about your life. And he told me. And you know what he was doing? He was drinking his life away. He lost his wife because he drank his life away. Couldn't, he couldn't pay the bills. <laughs> he lost his daughter. And the reason I was visiting with him was because his daughter sent me to visit with him. Because she still loved her daddy. And when I met him, he was, I got murder on my brain. I said, listen, God sent me to tell you the truth. God does not want your heart to be troubled. Now, that's an extreme example of being troubled. But he was so troubled that he literally, it was on his brain all the time. We call it going postal. You know what I'm talking about? You heard that expression? 
he was out of control inside. And there are a lot of people in our world right now who are like that. You see them on television, don't you? They just go crazy. They're just mad. All it takes is just one person doing one thing, saying one thing, and they take it the wrong way, and they get mad, and they get in their face, and they start screaming and hollering. And God says, I don't want you to live like that. God says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let the things of this world bring you so down that you can't have the peace of God. And the only way to get there, folks, is to believe in God. Because I'm telling you the truth. You know that song? Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. It was good for Paul and Silas. It was good for Paul and Silas. You know it? It was good for Paul and Silas. It's good enough for me. It was good for Brother Daniel. It was good for Brother Daniel. Do you believe that? Yeah. How many of you know people in your life that when I say the ideal Christian, who is the ideal Christian? Who is the best Christian you know? How many of you have somebody on your mind automatically? Anybody? Who? Your grandfather. Yeah, who? Who? Your mama? Wow, who? Brother Hurd. I, well, I heard a lot of Brother Hurd, thanks, during the prayer earlier. That's what I want to be when I grow up. I don't want to be like Mike. I want to be like Brother Hurd. Yes. Your memo? Yeah. You see, these people, you know, when you think about them, do you, do you think stress? Do you think depression? Do you think fear? Do you think anger? Do you think reactions? Do you think uh, unspiritual? No. You think, now that's the way I want to be. Yeah? Yeah. Guess what? Someone could be looking at you for that same kind of experience, that same kind of power, that same kind of uh, really testimony. And it's time that we are that and we were that to our culture, to our friends, to our family, to those we work with, to those we go to school with. Listen, I became a Christian because people were praying for me at school. After I came to Christ, the first week I got saved on a Thursday, on Friday night, a guy came from the youth department and picked me up at the golf course. I was in golf cleats. I had golf clubs. Little old cute little britches. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't even have any shoes to wear. And he came to get me. He called me. And they, they, back then there was no cell phone. He called the golf. He called my mother. They called the golf course. They sent somebody out in a golf cart to get me, to bring me to the telephone because it was an emergency. You need to try that. Almost every call you make to people, it's an emergency. You hear me? It is. Because I'd gotten saved on Thursday. And the youth director called me up and said, I'm coming to pick you up. Get off that golf course. You got to go to church with me. And guess what I did? I was standing there waiting for him when he pulled up at the golf course. And he opened up his van. And guess what? In that van were about 14 kids that he'd gone around and picked up. Now, did he get paid for that? Nope. But you know what? The pastor told him, I want you to take care of these kids. And guess what? The pastor trusted him, and he took care of us. And he got me inside that van, and I was talking to these people. And there was, listen, there was the president of the Beta Club. 
There was <laughs> the president of our school. And I mean, I'm just looking around like, whoa. I didn't know these people. I was just a, you know, I was just a young teenager. And I was impressed when they opened up the door. And these were my heroes. The quarterback of the football team. They were all inside this van going somewhere with me. So guess what? When we got to the youth director's house, we had Bible study together. We had prayer together. And I'll never forget, it changed my life. I sat in a circle, and I'd never done this in my life. Listen to me. I had never experienced anything like this. It was foreign to me. I'm sitting there, and I was so embarrassed because I had old shorts and old ugly socks. And I'm sitting there, and everybody's looking good, and I'm looking crazy. And he said, take the person's hand beside you. And so we're all holding hands in a circle. And he said, just pray. I never prayed like this in my life. I didn't know what to pray. And I'm sitting there thinking, what can I pray? What can I pray? What can I say? I don't know what to say, God. You know, and I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm really panicking. And then what happened, he, he knew that. He knew I had no clue. So he started as far away from me as he could. This youth director was so on fire. He was so smart. And he didn't get paid a dime. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but they started praying. The quarterback started praying. He goes, oh, listen, this boy right across from me. I'm looking, and I'm, I'm sort of keeping my eyes closed, but I'm looking up to see who's praying. I didn't know that that would make you go bald-headed. It did. <laughs> but anyway, I'm looking right at him. And he's praying. And he goes, thank you so much, God, for saving Keith. I didn't know he knew my name. You hear me? You hear me? Then somebody else prayed for something else. Then somebody else prayed. Then, then some girl said, thank you, God, so much for, for saving Keith. We've been praying for him for so long. It blew me away. So guess where I was every Friday night when I wasn't playing football? I was there. Why? Because they cared about me. Because they love me. Because they let me in their group. And because God has saved me. And it made all the difference in my life. Listen, my dear friends. God wants you to not be troubled. Listen, young people, let me tell you the truth. There's so many things out there that are coming against you. So many things out there that are trying to, to break you up with church, break you up with your parents, break you up with authority, break you up with being stable. And you guys need to stay together. You need your parents. You need your leaders. You need your church. You need your God. Don't let anyone separate you from the love of God. Hold, hold tight to those things that are solid and stable in your life. Now, does that mean the church will always be fun? No. Does it mean you'll understand everything? No. Does it mean you might still occasionally go to sleep when the preacher preaches too long? Yes. But the truth is, God wants you to be here. And I would encourage you to stay together, be together. It, you know, stay connected. Because that's the only way not to be so troubled that you end up making big, big mistakes. You know what I'm talking about? All of us know that. God loves you. And he says, I want you to believe in me. I want you to believe in me. 
And then he goes to say this. I said, in my father's house are many mansions. Listen, listen. I'm so glad this is youth night because I can talk like I want to tonight. (laughs) There's so much room in God's house. And God cleans us up on the inside to get us ready for that mansion he's building for us in heaven. Okay? Now, I'm not even going to ask the young people here tonight, uh, would you dream with me of what that mansion's going to look like? Because I can imagine it would be off the charts. <laughs> but God's doing a good work in them. I tell you, somebody who we haven't thanked this week, we think the leaders, everyone doing good, but ha- can you believe how many young people have been here all week? Let's thank the God, God for them. You want to do that right now? Yeah. Wow. And I tell you, I, you're not supposed to preach, uh, to pick on the pastor's son, but, man, you're, I'm going to steal him one day to, <laughs> to work with on the go. If <laughs> I tell you, and there's so many servant guys. This, this guy right here with the, well, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, with the crazy-looking shirt. I love that shirt, man. You're cool. With my coat and your shirt, man, we can go places. I tell <laughs> but uh, he came to our table tonight. And the table around us, he was just being nice in Jesus' name. Taking care of a bunch of old people like me and being nice, respectful, listening. It was amazing. It's amazing what God has blessed this church with. You've got young people that aren't ashamed of the gospel. They're not ashamed to say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. They're not ashamed to do right and live right. And it's a good thing. Say amen. The Bible says, don't be troubled in my father's house are many many mansions many dwelling places god wants you to know that there's room for you to go after somebody else yeah listen listen i prayed for my mom and my dad listen when i got saved when i would go home uh my parents thought the church was brainwashing me they thought the church uh, had made me a religious fanatic you know, because I believe what the church said, I believe the Bible, <laughs> and I just started living it. I went from being a mini alcoholic, uh, only looking after myself, to, to, I mean, I went from being the meanest guy on the football team to winning the sportsmanship award, and I was still pretty good, you know? It was just crazy what God did. He just changed me from being totally self-centered to being other-centered most of the time. The truth is, God's got room for everybody. But I can remember going home and, and I wouldn't, didn't even want to go into my house because what was going on in my house was so, in my opinion, as a young Christian, sinful and wrong. Do you know what I'm talking about? And I, I can remember sitting out, looking inside the windows and seeing my family fighting, arguing, drinking, doing things to each other, saying things to each other, just being mean. And I didn't want any part of it. And I can remember praying and asking God, please save my parents. You know how I was punished after I came to Christ? If I did something wrong, like if I stayed up too late, or one night my mother came in and caught me reading under the covers a book with my flashlight. And so she punished me. You know what my punishment was? I didn't get to go to church. That's, that's how I grew up. I came home one day, and there was a guy sitting at our table for dinner. And uh, he was introduced to us, to, to me and my sister. And lo and behold, 
Years later, I found out it was a psychiatrist to see if I wasn't going crazy. <laughs> yeah. One year, my father convinced my whole board as I was going around the world to abandon me because the only reason I was in the ministry because they were giving me money. So that's how I grew up. <laughs> And I prayed for my parents, I prayed for my parents, I prayed for my parents, and I wanted them to be saved. And guess what? He saved both of them. Oh, oh. And I tell you what, when my father, not finally, but when my father passed away last year, we'd had five years with him right with God and right with me. Hey. He lived in the most expensive place in Nashville to live <laughs> because he used to be a very wealthy guy. But God took it all away. But he still had the house. God moved me into where he lived, not his house, but into that neighborhood because my wife and I were praying with our family at dinner in that area, okay? And someone saw us praying together as a family, and they said, we have a rental house we would like you to rent <laughs> We're trying to find someone to rent a house in this area, and this is like mansion world. And we had this cool little, it wasn't a mansion, we didn't live in a mansion, but we had this cool house for five years, the last five years of my dad's life. God brought us back together, and he's in heaven tonight. Oh, my goodness. My mother one time hit me on the head, top of the head with a book, and I said, she says, I wish everybody knew what I had to put up with talking about me and I said something I shouldn't I said well I wish everybody knew I had to put up with the devil in the flesh <laughs> listen I made every mistake a young Christian could make my parents both would have become Christians I believe a lot earlier if I'd have been more intelligent because I didn't help but God knew even in my weakness, he answered my prayer. Okay? Young people, you don't have to be geniuses. It helps to get through school. But God will answer your prayer. He likes it when we pray like children. God, Papa, do this for me. You don't have to raise your hand. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But is there anybody here tonight that really wants God to save their parents? Yeah. Will you ask God right now, under your, just in your heart and in your spirit, say, Lord, I'm not giving up on my parents. Save them. Save my mama. Save my daddy. Save my sister. Save my brother. God can do it. The Bible says in God's house are many mansions. There's room for everyone. The Bible says Jesus is going to prepare a place for you and me. But the only way to get there is chapter, verse 6. Look at verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one, no one, no one, no one gets to the Father except through me. Just coming to pizza night doesn't get you into heaven. Just being a well-behaved young man doesn't get you into heaven. Everybody in Springfield where I live and where I grew up, none of them knew that I was an alcoholic. 
at 13. None of them. When I walked the aisle, some people were shocked. My best friend, he didn't want anything to do with me anymore. Half my football buddies didn't want to hang around me anymore. But that's the cost. Young people, there's a cost for living for Jesus. Sometimes you get praise, sometimes you have to put up with pain. But God says, I don't want you to be troubled. Believe in God. Never lose sight of what God wants to do with you. Always stand up for that which is right. Always do what you know is right. Never talk down to someone. Never get so mad at someone that you do something that is sin in reaction. God says, I want you to believe. I want you to believe in such a way that it changes your life. The Bible goes on to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That means he is the way to get back with God. You see, the reason Jesus has to be the way and the only way is because most of us have gone our own way. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. God is in heaven, and in heaven there is no sin. And we really can't get into heaven with even one sin. Listen, how many of you like Coca-Cola? Let me see your hands. Okay? Now, if I was to give you a Coca-Cola right now, it'd be good, wouldn't it? But if I was to take that Coca-Cola and from this platform pull a bottle of poison out and put just one drop in your Coca-Cola and then stir it up and hand it to you, how many of you would want it? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> would you drink it? No. Why? It's polluted. And listen, heaven would not be heaven if we're there in sin. We would pollute heaven. The Bible says no sin can enter in. But Jesus said, I am the way. God said through Christ, I will make a way for you to get back into heaven and get back in right relationship with me. You see, we've been separated from God. It's like God's over here and we're over here and there's a great gulf between us and him. Why? Because of our sin. We chose it. Adam and Eve chose to sin against God. Both of them. You would think that, you know, they're living in paradise. We used to think that, oh, all people need in America is to be educated. And then everybody's going to love everybody and everybody's going to do right. And we spent, we spent billions of dollars getting everyone educated. But guess what? Do you think everybody's doing right? No. Then we thought, oh, all people need is they need a hand up. So we've handed everybody up. And what happens? They get up and then they go right back down. Why? Because man is sinful. We're all sinful, all of us. The Bible says all have sinned. No matter where you're from, we all have sinned. But Jesus said, I am the way to get through that by putting your faith, hope, and trust in me because I, Jesus, died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. And when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. And the devil was finished. Satan thought he'd won. He thought he'd beaten God. I'm sure the demons rejoiced for two and a half days. They're going, ah, we got him, we got him, we got him. But on the third day, something happened. What happened on the third day? He arose, that's right. Up from the grave, he arose. And when he arose, guess what? He defeated hell, death, and the grave. 
so that you and I could not be troubled. Believe in him and have eternal life and have a home built for us in heaven. He says, I am the way to escape hell. I am the way. Wow. Then he says, I am the truth. That's talking about Jesus said, I am your truth to live by. Once you come to Christ, he gives you truth to live by. The Bible, the word of God, the principles of God, the Holy Spirit's living on us, in us to direct our steps and our stops. Amen. God says, I am the truth you can live by. Not your economic book, not the Wall Street Journal, not a Google search. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. Then he says, I am the life. Listen, that is talking about Jesus wants us to know that not only will he save you, not only will he direct you and teach you, but he will take care of you for your entire life. And he will take you when you leave this life and get into the next life. Heaven. It's the only way to get there. It's through Christ. What must you do to be saved? Listen, the truth is that you and I have sinned against God. That's the truth about me. The truth about Jesus is he loves us anyway and provided a way for us to get right with him. The truth about eternity is one day we're all going to die. And after that will come the judgment. And we will be judged. We will be judged. And what gives us the right to go into heaven? We're from Kentucky. We're a Baptist. What? We went to church. We gave to Lottie Moon. No. What did you do with Jesus? Did you surrender to Jesus? Did you give your life to Jesus? Did you call on the name of Jesus to be saved? What must you do to be saved? How do you call? You don't call God on your cell phone. You call on him in prayer. And in prayer, you say, dear God, I know I've blown it. Dear God, I'm so sorry. I can't do anything about this. But I'm asking you to save me. Cleanse me. Give me hope. Give me purpose. I'm putting my trust in you. I believe in you. Come be my Savior. When you do that, the Bible says, You've become born again. You become a child of God. Then all things become new. The Bible says, therefore, if any man or woman is in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation, a new creature. No new, no conversion. No evidence, no conversion. When you come to Christ, the Bible says, all things become new. He begins working in you. Do you know everything? No. No. You don't know everything. But you've got God in you who does. And he will direct your steps and your stops. He'll direct your life. He'll direct you. I don't know about you, but if I was to ask, how many of you want to go to heaven? How many would you lift your hand? Only one way. God's way. Aren't you glad it's God's way? And not somebody else's. God's provided a way for you and me tonight. Are you willing to trust him tonight? Put your trust in him. Listen, are you tired of being troubled? Do you want to have confidence in something? 
God. Put it in God. He will help you. Let's pray. Tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, this is a holy time. It's the last night of our revival. It would be such a shame to come every night but not get right with God. Revival means life again. God wants to give you that life again. Tonight, if you want Jesus to be your Savior, if you want to be forgiven of your sins, you want to go to heaven when you die, you want to live for Jesus, you want to surrender your life to Him so that He will take you and use you and bless you. You have a decision to make right now. You can either choose this day who you will serve or you can go home the way you came. You can choose, but I pray right now, dear Jesus, I pray you will help everyone in this room make the right decision about you. If you want Jesus to be your Savior, I'm going to pray this prayer like I've done every service. And if this is the desire of your heart, give your life to Jesus. Surrender your life to Him. Pray this prayer. Settle it tonight. Believe Him tonight. I know it seems so simple, but it works. God made it so simple so that there's no excuse. It's an act of your will and His Holy Spirit working together right here tonight. So if you want Jesus to be your Savior, you don't know for sure you're going to heaven if you die, you don't know where you stand with God, tonight you can leave here knowing, based on the Word of God, that if you call on His name in prayer, He will hear you, He will save you. Pray this prayer with me if that is your desire. Dear God, I've sinned against you. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm so sorry. But Jesus, you said you would forgive me if I surrender my life to you. Tonight, I believe in you. I want you to be my Savior. I give you my life. I'm calling on your name. Jesus, I love you with all that I know. And I will serve you with all that I have. Jesus, I'm not ashamed of you. And now because of what you've done for me, I'm not ashamed of what you've done for me. I love you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for taking me to heaven when I die. In Jesus' name. Amen. Could you stand with me right now? I know many of you heard that prayer. And right now the Bible says, many of you know this, that right now there's a party, there's a celebration going on. We had a pizza party earlier, but it's nothing compared to what's going on in heaven right now. Because many of you prayed that prayer. Many of you have thought about that. Many of you have, have wanted to pray that prayer, but tonight you really did it. And so what I would like for you to do, Pastor, could you come stand right here? While the music plays, 
and while the ministry team comes, if you prayed that prayer tonight, I want you, I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just going to ask God to answer your prayer. When you said, God, I'm not ashamed. God, I want to live for you. I want to be an example for you. God, I pray that God will give you courage tonight. And on the first note, if you prayed that prayer tonight, I, I want you to come and take one of these men's hands and tell them, I prayed with Keith that prayer. And then they will pray for you. They really will. They're not, have, we haven't embarrassed anybody this week. We haven't singled anybody out. This is a safe place, all right? It's a safe place for you to make this decision. So tonight, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want you to come and take their hand. Now, there's also people here tonight that know, listen, <laughs> I might not be doing what I need to be doing. I may not be living the way I need to be living. And I need to change some things in my life. And while we sing these songs, I want you to come hit the altar and get right with God. You know you're going to heaven, you know you're Christian, but you just have not been living for Him. I want you to come and deal with that in Jesus' name. And there's some of you that cannot serve the Lord because you don't go to church. And listen, I want to tell you, I've driven all over this town all week, and this is a great church. I have lived with you this week. I've experienced some of these folks. They are good people, and they would love to have you. If you don't have a church home, you need to come and talk with one of these men about joining this church and being a part of what they're doing here and counting for God. This is your time to make decisions with God. It's our last opportunity of the revival to get right with God. You can do it in Jesus' name. While we sing, you come right now.